Hello there, this is the Psychology Report and I'm Dr. Alan Hedberg. Good to have you with me again today. Over the last couple of days I've uh, focused on some of the issues and problems with our youth, particularly focusing on how parents and teachers need to be very much aware of the critical issues that our youth is facing these days, or are facing these days. And uh, what we really need to know is how can we best raise our children? How can we best be of help to them? How can we best move them forward into a life of productivity, of honesty, of engagement, of contribution and achievement, and faith? So today I'd like to take a look at the key concept of social. If you're a parent, you have worked with children in some way, teachers and so on, Write down these four concepts, these four words, these four directives around the word of social. I'll give you the four of them in just a minute. But I like to make sure that we think of it in this sense, that parents and teachers obviously help children in their social relationships, get them engaged in sports, get them engaged in clubs, get them engaged in activities, organizations, in church groups, youth groups of various kinds. And that's important. But it doesn't hit the target. It doesn't hit the bullseye. Now, children need social skills, social skill learning. That's what they need because that helps them navigate the world in which they live. And uh, they certainly need the support of their social world from peers and parents and teachers and friends and extended family members, and so on. Kids all need that. That's important. It's critical. It comes close to the bullseye. But it doesn't hit the bullseye. Because all these means are external. All these ideas and all these activities and all these efforts are external. It's what a kid can go to. It's what a kid can belong to. It's what somebody can do for somebody. It's what we can do for our kids. It's how we can bring something to our children's lives and contribute to their life. That's external. It doesn't hit the bullseye. It comes close and that's important. But it isn't essential. Here's what's essential. I call it the internal social factors. The internal social factors. These are the self-social factors. These are the things that kids themselves have to learn and have to be able to um, apply in their own life and utilize in their own life as they integrate with the world in which they live. At school, at church, at home, in the community, in their neighborhood, and various clubs and organizations to which they belong, and so on. What are the four factors? Here they are. Number one, social perception. Social perception. Here, here's what that means. This is what a kid, and I'm thinking of junior high particularly in high school, but it applies to our younger children as well. Down to age 8 perhaps is really where this really comes to play. 8 to 18, if you will, and beyond. Social perception is this. It's what a child or a kid thinks what other people think of him. In other words, it's not what I think about myself. It's what I think other people think of me. That's social perception. And we need to teach children to, to think that way. What do other people think of them? 
but they, it has to be realistic. It has to be honest. And it needs to be positive. Now, obviously, a kid can be very down on himself and be very depreciating and very sullen and very negative and, and very um, uh, depressing in his thinking. To think that other people do not think well of him. To think that other people think poorly of him. To think that other people do not like him. When, in fact, that may not be the case at all. In fact, it might be just the opposite. Kids might like the kid. Other kids might enjoy being with him. But what does your child think other people think of him? What other, people, what other kids think of him? That's what's critical. Help him think that through. Help him understand that. Help him get a clear perception. Help him get an honest perception. There may be things about him that maybe kids don't like. That may be true. But there are probably a lot of things that other kids do like. It has to be balanced. It has to be mixed, perhaps. But your job as a parent is to help your child get an honest and a realistic and a true picture of what other people think of your kid. And that's part of the discussion around the table. That's part of the discussion when you drive in the car from one place to another. That's part of the discussion when you help your kid go to bed at night and give him something to think about and talk about together with you. Okay, that's social perception. Very critical. And we know that people, are, that kids that have a positive social perception and an honest one, a true social perception, live longer, they're happier, and they're healthier. We know that. Research has shown that to be true. Okay, now, number two. Social acceptance. Social acceptance is, is merely this. Does your child think that other kids accept him? That other people believe in him? That other kids believe in him? That other kids have a positive view and accept him and want him to be part of the social circle? Want him to be part of the class group? Want him to be part of the birthday party that's going to be called together? Want him to be included? That's social acceptance. Does your kid believe that he's accepted by others? If he's invited to birthday parties and other events, yeah, that kind of conveys that message. If he's not invited, that conveys the message that he's not accepted. But does your child behave in a manner, act in a manner, that leads his peers to the conclusion that they want him to be part of their life as a peer group? and a positive social acceptance. Very important. Kids who are socially accepted, happier, healthier, live longer. And they often achieve better. They certainly fit into school and they do better academically. Okay, that's number two. If we have social perception, we have social acceptance. Number three, we have social confidence. Are you teaching your child to be confident socially? To look at the world out there as a world that he can interact with, that he can belong to, that he can be part of, that he can go to events and just feel confident that he belongs or that he's wanted or that he it will be accepted when he puts his foot inside the door. That's social confidence. Do I have that inertia that I can just go and be part of it. Am I timid? Am I shy? Do I hold back? Or am I confident that I can just go and be part of the social event? 
part, whether it's adults or whether it's peers or whether it's children even younger than himself. Does your kid have a sense of confidence that he can handle the world, that he can navigate social events and situations, that he can move into the world of peer relationships and be accepted and do well? and can hold his own, and can have conversation, and can interact, and can answer questions, can ask questions, and have part of the engagement of conversation going on, and be part of that, that social acceptance. And kids who are socially accepted do better in school. They are happier. They do better in their health. They live longer. Now, what about number four? I call that social impact. Or social influence, if you like to use the word. In other words, does your kid believe that when he reaches out into a social group, at school or church or at home, in the community or wherever, does your kid believe that when he reaches out, that he will have an impact upon the group of people to whom he reaches out? In other words, is his word listened to? Are, her, are his ideas considered? Are his suggestions accepted? Does, do other people become different as a result of knowing your kid and being around your kid and being part of your kid's life? Does he have an impact on his peers? Does he have influence on his family? Does he have an influence on others, no matter how old they might be? Does your kid have an impact upon younger children? Is he viewed as somebody that they like and that they would imitate and they would follow? Is he a model? Is he an example to younger children? That's social influence. That's social impact. In other words, every kid should have, must have, somebody that looks up to him and sees him as a point of influence, as a point of impact. Those kids that have impact upon others, happier, live longer, healthier, and do better in life, achieve better. So, what we want to know is, does your kid, whether he's 10 years old, 15, 18, 12, or maybe even young adult, for that matter. Does your kid view the world out there from a kind of a social point of view? Does he have a positive social perception, a positive social acceptance, a positive social confidence, a positive social impact? Those are the things that you as a parent must address that you as a grandparent must address, that you as a teacher must address, that you as a friend must address, as you as a youth leader must address, as you as a pastor must address, as you as a neighbor must address. In other words, help the kids in your life, whether they're your own children or your neighbor's kids. Interact with the kids in your life. From, the, from the, this message, try to help them understand that they are worthwhile, that they are accepted, and that they are believed, and that they have value, and that they have impact, and they have influence, and that they're liked, that they're valued. You can just do that by conversation. You can do that by just comments and remarks that you might make. You can do that as you include kids in your life, and as you talk with them, and as you do various activities with them. The more you engage in the life of a teenager, or a young kid, or even junior high, or whatever age it might be, the more impact you have on that kid, and the more these four social skills, these social perceptions are going to take place and anchor down. 
So, there you are. If you're a parent, get with it. If you're a teacher, pick up these four points and make that part of your interactional patterns with your own classroom kids, okay? Now, before I go today, I'd like to introduce you to the Wellspring Foundation for Education. The Wellspring Foundation for Education, headquarters in Vancouver, Washington, I mean, pardon me, Vancouver, Canada, but works in the countries of East Africa, primarily Rwanda, and the surrounding uh, countries. They are working with over 1,700 teachers and 92,000 students and their families. That's a huge swat of population in that part of the world. Wellspring works to enable children to receive a life-changing education that empowers them to break the cycle that have held generations in the chain of poverty. The education is quality, Christian-valued-based education. They work alongside the government of Rwanda. And Wellspring has been a transforming influence on the national education system of Rwanda. Teaching teachers, advancing teachers' education, helping them do better in the classroom, and improving the educational system throughout the whole country of Rwanda and surrounding area. Wellspring is empowering a new generation to live up to the potential that every child has, no matter where they were born or how they were born, but with the idea that they were born with a purpose. God implanted within them a purpose, and they need to know what that is and live it out. So, if you want more information about Wellspring Foundation for Education, here's the well. Here's the uh, website to go to: www.thewellspringfoundation.org. www.thewellspringfoundation.org, and look it up, and send them a few bucks. By the way, they do a great work. I've been there. I've been in their property. I've spent a week with them. I've been out to the schools of Rwanda. I've been out to the rural areas and the bush areas where schools take place. And uh, I've seen the poverty that takes place throughout Rwanda. I've been there throughout the whole country. I recommend it to you. Send them a few bucks. It'd be a great investment. Anyway, nice to talk to you today. And this is Dr. Alan Hedberg with the Psychology Report. Bye for now.